Welcome to Rice Cakes and Pears. Hope you guys are doing well. It's been a good week so far. Hopefully it hasn't been too bad for you. Today's guest, awesome dude, Quentin Openlander. We met in Orlando, Florida. We were doing the Mormon mission. It was sick. But I'm honestly really excited because Quentin was just an awesome guy out there. Still an awesome guy. And I'm just excited to hear his story. He's been through a lot. So, Quentin, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I don't know if I'm an awesome guy, but uh, here we are. <laughs> Dude, you, you must have changed then. <laughs> I have. <you> know? <laughs> we all have, haven't we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, understandable. <laughs> but honestly, I like to kind of just dive right in. I know you're legally blind, but there's more to that story than just legally blind or legal blindness. Um, mm. So, yeah, let, let's hear your story, man. Yeah, man, so it all started when I was, like, in middle school is when we found out what the heck was going on. Essentially, mm-hmm. like, I was playing, like, competitive soccer, and I'd always play, like, midfielder. But then, like, bro, dude, uh, you don't know where the heck to pass the ball. Dude, we got to <laughs> stick you on defense. And I was like, okay. Um, so I was having a good time there. Then I tried football out. Mm-hmm. And I would, like, be cruising down the sideline and get totally, like, wrecked like just <laughs> nailed from the side just destroyed and it turns out it's because like i literally just couldn't see the people so when i like tore my tricep um playing football and they're like bro dude i think you like are actually blind so then i had oh, to go yeah. like some had to go some like specialist sit in like this machine for like three hours where, like a dot was passing by my eyes mm-hmm. um and that was embarrassing because, like, you'd hear the machine and, like, make a yeah, yeah. sound, right? And then, like, I would hear the sound go by all the way, like, all the way across the screen. And I wouldn't have clicked the thing. And I was like, oh, shoot, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, so then turns out I, had no, I have no peripherals. Um, so who knows how the heck long that's been going on. But they said it's because of a virus. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember in third grade, my teacher was teaching us about like birds and how they didn't have any peripheral vision. <laughs> she told us to try to imagine it. And like, I could not, I was like sitting there, like closing my eyes, like having a brain yeah. aneurysm, just trying to think about this thing. So, oh, shit. Could, so, could, so f- yeah. for as long as you can remember, you just didn't have peripheral vision. Yeah. I was just cruising. It. Yeah. I was just cruising the whole time. So dang. Okay, so you didn't have peripheral vision. What what happened after that? So then, like, um, obviously sports was a big part of my life and everything. Um, I was also supposed to, I was also supposed to like inherit my mom's motorcycle. So I had this like dream of like being Top Gun. Yeah. And like riding a motorcycle, going into the <laughs> Navy and everything. So all those plans had to change. Um, I remember being like super chapped for the first little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, like, who isn't when they find out um, they're not perfect? Right. It has to happen at some point or another. I remember, like, having to come to grips with that. And I remember one day just, like, chilling in the shower. That's always where the good thoughts come. <laughs> um, and, like, being mad at, like, you know, at God and everything. Like, yo, like, what the heck, man? Like, well, how come you, you took my blindness away? I was going to be Tom Cruise. I was going <laughs> to live a good life. Um, and uh, I was like, I'm not going to see, like, my my wife i'm not going to see my daughter blah 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 blah. like all these things i was hoping to to be able to see in the future and then like i just kind of had this vision uh where it's like everything's going to be okay and uh, that i I would see everything i needed to see so then 
from then on, I was like, well, I mean, I can't complain anymore. Yeah. Um, as I've been promised. So I just started going on with life, found weightlifting and got yoked. That's amazing. So you had kind of this cool spiritual experience. How old were you? I think I was like, like 13 or 14. Huh. That's really, really cool. So like after that point, you just really felt like maybe God was heard your prayer or describe. Yeah. I felt like, um, I felt like he knew what was going on and he wasn't going to let me, um, miss out on anything that I thought I was missing out on. Yeah. And you know, there's a path that we have in life that we don't always see, but things will work out if you're doing everything you can. Your experiences might not be what you think they're going to be, but positive things come if you stick to the basics. Mm-hmm. And you can do the basics even if you can't see very well. So you know, there's no excuse for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, man. So what, what is the name of this virus that happened to you? So it's called Azor. So that'd be acute zonal outer ocular retinopathy. Huh. Uh, so like I said, it could totally be like made up. Who knows? Right. Um, the world specialist who was researching it happened to be in Portland where I grew up. Mm. Um, so maybe he just found me and got excited and like gave me that <laughs> diagnosis. But yeah, he wanted to f- get his name out there. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I remember he got like interviewed on the TV like after I was with him. And I was like, what the heck, man? This guy making money off me? <laughs> Dang, uh, so. <laughs> dang is it a is it a progressive disease does your eyesight get worse or are there other so symptoms like, as far as they know they have no idea mm. um it could get worse could get better um it could stay the same so basically it's like a russian roulette of, of eye blindness so like there's been times too like when i did wrestling in high school uh-huh. and i would just like go blind in practice um, really, like really randomly, uh, things haven't happened like that in a while, but like it's, it gets crazy. And then like, if I get sick, sometimes I'll lose a little bit of vision. Hmm. So I could be blind in the future, but you know, whatever. So what, it, what is vision like today? I remember you described it in Orlando, like you were looking through straws. Is it still like that? Yeah. It's basically like, imagine you're a sniper and you're looking through a scope. Um, but like. <laughs> You're always looking through the scope. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet. I bet you're good at sniping people if you wanted. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's how I found my wife. You know, I just looked right in. <laughs> Dude. Okay. I want to talk shot. about that. But before, let's let's go from so like high school. You did weightlifting. I know that's huge for you. Tell us about that. Yeah. So like you know, growing up, I had like pretty pretty bad ADHD. Yeah. Uh, but what what kid didn't these days? Yeah, um, and I know totally. like there was a moment where it was it was like really bad and like I was going to counseling and everything and I I was like a little devil at home but like in public <laughs> like at school at church at anything like I was an angel. So I yeah. went to like this counselor and I was just playing it up. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm, like such a sweet little kid." And she like <laughs> she like brought my parents in after a few sessions and was like, "Yo, like I I don't think there's anything wrong with him." And my mom's like, "Bet." And she went home and filmed me for a week <laughs> and then like showed the counselor the, um, the videos and was like, listen, you either medicate our whole family or you medicate him. And she was like, oh, shoot. So um, I'd always had a bunch of energy 
Yeah. Um, and when I couldn't play soccer or or football because of the, the blindness thing, I just got some weights from my uncle who he's always been like – he'll try to work out and he won't. And he was on one of his – he's not working out things, but he had like 80 pounds of weight. So he gave those to me and I started working out with them, but they were in my parents' bedroom. Yeah. Um, it's like I remember they had this nice bench like uh, with a – was a nice fabric like on top of it and everything, but I would like use it as like a weight bench. And like oh, it got na- it got like nasty and soggy because I was just sitting <laughs> on top of it. And and my, my parents were like, this is a no-go. So <laughs> so they like after I started using that, like I people started realizing like, like dang, like this guy's getting a little big for an eighth grader. Um, <laughs> you know, girls started talking to me, which had never happened before. Oh frick. Um, you know, we all start trying to look like Arnold when we start lifting. Uh, so then I got like got another weight set, and then like a couple years later, one of my dad's friends was downgrading his weight set. He had about seven hundred pounds in a weight nice. set with a rack, and he let me buy it from him for like one hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, that's um, so a steal. I put put all my life savings into that. <laughs> he bought it when I was in high school. So and then I just got super fascinated with. Um, the ability to push yourself and do kind of an individual thing. Uh, Cause all the sports yeah. I'd done before were, were team sports, but this was all like, how good can I get? What do I need to do to be better? What's the discipline involved with like dieting and consistency um, was a lot of fun. And then I ended oh, up sure. dabbling in, yeah, ended up dabbling in powerlifting. So like I've deadlifted over 600 pounds, squatted over 500 and Holy benched over shit. 340. So Dude, that's like, tw- that's like 20 Elder Howards, dude. That, <laughs> that <laughs> I is hope, true. I hope he listens to this. Uh, so, yeah for, those, so. Yeah, for those who don't know who the heck that is, that's okay. Just imagine like a 140-pound 6'2", really cool guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Howie. laughs> well, dude, I uh, I really think that's awesome. I I bet it was – was it in an outlet a little bit? Like I'm sure you got down a little bit sometimes, right? Yeah, so I would – that's what I would use to kind of maintain emotions and everything. Like, Yeah. For instance, classic, if I ever was in a breakup, um, I'd turn on Love Bites and then I would like <laughs> have, a, have a bench session. When I was really mad, I used to squat just a ton, try and build Holy that cow. booty. The peach. <laughs> Dude, it so, had to have paid off, man. You got a wife. I mean, yeah, she's not complaining about that. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. So you, you did some wrestling, so that was that pretty fun? You enjoyed that? That was a lot of fun. You know, uh, it teaches you a lot about resilience and, and yeah. not quitting. I remember my freshman year, because I wrestled when I was a little, little kid, um, and I loved practice, but then I went to a tournament. My dad took me, and I got, like, pretzeled by some five-year-old. Um, when I was five and I was like, that's it for me. So I didn't wrestle until high school because that was the only sport I could really do. Uh-huh. Um, and like my freshman year, I was like, I hated it. It was so hard. I was like, I don't want to do this. And my mom was like, you cannot quit. You know, that's something yeah. she always told us. Like you start, you don't, you're not going <laughs> to stop early. <laughs> so I remember we had this guy, his name is Ahad. He was like a nine time, like Iranian national champion. And he'd come in sometimes and like I had like thought I I jinxed the system, so like I was hurt, but I wasn't that hurt. Like I I had like a bum knee, and I just yeah. used it as an excuse not to wrestle for like a week. And this guy comes in, Ahad, and he's like, "You're hurt." And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, 
okay, what did you hurt? And I'm like, I hurt my, I hurt my leg. And he's like, okay, so you do, you do all practice with, with one leg. And he made me do no like way. this freaking whole workout with one leg. And I was like, okay, I instantly got better all of a sudden. Dang. Um, after that, it was intense. So then like, I was like, well, if I do this sport, I better actually do it. Um, you know, work my way. I, I would just wrestle three months of the season. Then I'd bodybuild for the rest of the year. But um, a lot wow. of good lessons there, a lot of fun stories. That's awesome. I love that. Like, it sounds like your parents wanted to treat you as if you were normal. They didn't want that to be a crutch for you. Was that was that true in any case? Yeah, I think they just wanted me out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> You're too hyper. <laughs> yeah. No, my, my parents, they always, they've always believed in me. My mom is not one for excuses. Uh, yeah. And my dad, neither they're, you know, if you have a skill, it doesn't matter, you know, what setbacks you have, maximize what you do have. So that's all they taught me was, hey, if you're struggling with something, we can help you out. Yeah. Um, you know, my mom worked in special education, still does. And she was big on like, hey, let's in school, let's get you set up with the plans so that you can succeed. Um, but yeah. everything else that you can do, we'll figure it out. So they never helped me back from doing anything except for riding her motorcycle and driving. So, <laughs> so that's awesome. I love that. That's cool. Um, tell us about like, what is your average day? Like, like what, how does school go for you? Like how does certain tasks go? Yeah. So like, um, at least right now, an average day, let's say like affected by blindness, you know? Yeah. I, uh, I have a lot of awkward situations where like, people try and give me high fives and things like that. Yeah. Um, and like, I just, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they'll like come up to me later, like, bro, like I tried to like shake your hand or something. What happened? And I'm uh, like, dude, I just, I couldn't see you, bro. <laughs> do, do they not realize that you couldn't see? Yeah. Sometimes they don't realize yeah. uh, that I can't see. Cause like I'm doing a lot right now. So I'll wake up in the morning, I'll go to the gym, mm -hmm. um, and I'll do a couple hours of homework, and then I work from about 11.30 to 8.30 at night. That's freaking um, awesome. Yeah, so I'll do that pretty much every day. And, like, sometimes there's just situations where I'll get tired, and then my vision gets even worse. Yeah. And, like, um, bro, I'll just, like, <laughs> people randomly get offended because they think I'm ignoring them. <laughs> and I'm just like, bro, I'm sorry. I literally didn't see you. <laughs> just trying to do my job, so. Well, I always remembered in Orlando where we served, like, you played it off so well. Like, at first glance, I had no idea you were, like, legally blind. So yeah. You did, you did a really good job at just, like, playing it cool. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm supposed to use, like, a blind cane. Like, I have yeah. three. But I just don't because I I get around pretty well the way that I am. Uh -huh. um, the, the last time I used my blind cane was actually on May the 4th. Um, I actually run, like, a team at work and uh, we had, we like dressed up for star Wars and one guy brought in his lightsaber and I used my cane as a lightsaber. Um, so that was the last use of the blind cane was recently, but Hey, that that's an essential use right there. I understand. Yeah, that. man. I, you know, I, I wrecked man. I <laughs> took him out. Good. So, um, you graduated high school and you went on a mission. Did you do college before or did you just go straight out? I went straight out on a mission. I mean, I worked the summer before. I worked yeah. two jobs, so I did landscaping and worked at Walmart. Walmart sucked, dude. Like when I was, oh, I'm sure. when I, so I was pulling pallets and like stocking things, and yeah. dude, I almost hit people like every day. <laughs> I like the amount of stress 
from pulling like a two thousand pound pallet, and then like someone walks out in front of you. <laughs> yeah. And I and I don't seem to like right in front of me. That was intense, yo. <laughs> Dude, I, that it's crazy because these are things that like no one would be worried about, but like yeah. this affects you. Like this is a real deal. Dang. Yeah, I almost I almost plowed people. Like I probably could have caused lawsuits for Walmart on a daily basis if I wasn't like <laughs> hyper vigilant. <laughs> Yeah, I remember no, they go ahead. they actually like at one like people would like make fun of me. They thought I was stupid because like I just didn't tell them I couldn't see. Yeah, and like they would like point to stuff like it's over there, and I'd be like, "Wait, it's over there," and like they like point again, but like pointing doesn't do anything for me. I can't see where their fingers pointing. So, so they'd always be like, "Quentin, you're like dumb as a rock, but you work like a horse." It's like <laughs> dumb as a rock, Kenny works like a horse. Yeah, That's so I was like, slogan. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dang, dude. What did that affect your job process? Like, you have to tell them you're legally blind, and they're like, "Oh shoot," or are they pretty chill? I mean, I just didn't tell them because, like, I was yeah. only working there for a couple months. But like, usually, usually I don't tell people unless it's really gonna affect me. Um, I'm the so, same way. Yeah, I mean, it's just like there's no point. I mean, maybe legally it's better if we do tell people, like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're total total liability. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like. Like, I'm not going to go in a job interview and then tell them about my cause and be like, oh, yeah, I can't eat food. I went crazy a couple years ago, and I hope you like me. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's right. turn out. Exactly. <laughs> well, tell us about, like, what made you want to go on a mission? I, I know, so this podcast, like, not everyone listens to it, is a Mormon. And mm. I, I kind of want to take the approach of just, like, inform people. And, and you know, like, on, on my mission, I, I loved... I love the idea of not having to force people to listen to our message yeah, and, and just kind of like, I, I just want to leave a good impression. And I love just like the way you are and just like the chill style you have, like what made you want to go on a mission, maybe inform people a little bit what a mission is. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, a big reason I wanted to go is both of my parents were, were converts to the church. So, um, like my dad, he joined the church when he was 18. Yeah. Uh, my, my mom, when she was younger, but pretty much it, she went um, for herself. A lot of times she went by herself. Uh, and she just instilled a strong um, belief in me growing up. Um, of like We talk about the, the atonement in the church a lot, about being able to improve. And some people focus on the atonement only for like, using to cover your sins. Yeah. Um, but the atonement for me is a lot more about just like self-improvement, giving you opportunities and allowing you to forgive others and give other people an opportunity. And my mom always gave me so many chances to improve myself and never made me feel bad about myself for my mistakes. Mm-hmm. She always talked about everything being an eternal progression. And um, my dad growing up always talked about how he wishes he could have served a mission, but you know, he did the right thing. He married my mom um, cause they were both 18 and that was just what, that was just what worked out for them. Yeah. So he'd always like said, Hey, if you get a chance, like go ahead and serve a mission. So I'd saved up, um, you know, my money up to that point. And I remember I didn't want to go like my senior year cause I was going to start a YouTube channel yeah. and I was going to be like a professional bodybuilder was the plan. Um, but then I remember, um, thinking about everything that the gospel done for me and for my mom and how it had made us better people. And, and sometimes in life there's sacrifices that you make 
um, because it will be better for you for other people. Mm-hmm. And for me, everything the church teaches was about making families better and giving people opportunities. Yeah. And that's that's what I wanted to do. So that's why I served was for to help other people and help families kind of almost realize that there's hope in the world because sometimes you're just so much negativity. Yeah. Um, but the gospel message in its, in its essence is a message of peace and hope and opportunity. Um, so in the mission, I always made a big point of that, you know, because I, I have family members who went to church growing up and now don't go. And sometimes there's, there's culture in, in anything. Yeah. Um, where there's just people who, who are very judgmental and use a good thing as an excuse to push their judgments on other people. Yeah. Um, so my, my point in the mission was to help people have good experiences, like whether that be missionaries who come out and young kids who need a mentor um, or just like helping missionaries realize a little bit that, you know, the mission isn't all preach, preach, preach. It's, it's also develop yourself and have a good time. Yeah. And then for, for the people that we're teaching or interacted with, I just wanted them to leave like, knowing that there was hope and peace and, you know, if they chose, you know, let's say they chose to become a member of the church, like power to them. But like, if they just came away that day, knowing that someone cared about them, if they hadn't known that someone cared about them before or that yeah. they could improve, like that was, that's fair game for me. That's what I wanted to do. So that's how I see a mission. That's what the mission did for me. That's awesome. How, how did it, how was the mission being legally blind? Were, were there low points for you? Yo, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I so, had a lot of like, low points. <laughs> so, like, there's days. I mean, yeah, I remember I served around you, but, like, um, for me, at least, there was, like, days where, like, I, I when I get sick, I get really sick. Uh, yeah. so there's, like, a pretty legendary picture of me, like, passed out on, <laughs> on a couch. Because uh, I was, like, I'm fine, I'm fine. I went out, and then, like, I came back. I had to, like, just, like, conk. Um, and there's like, yeah, so there's a couple times I just got really sick and just couldn't move. Um, and then like, there's a couple days I remember my companions would find out that I had a blind cane and they'd like convince me to roll with a blind cane. Like once, (laughs) (laughs) like like one, one time I transferred. So there's like whole apartment complexes in Florida that know me. I was like the blind missionary that came around. And like I would like purposely like they come and sh- I try and shake their hand but like I put it on the on like the opposite side of them. <laughs> one like one one person actually so like because I was I was I was learning Spanish, and uh, <laughs> they asked me like hey like what's your cane mean but I didn't know like what she was saying so I was yeah. like super new so I thought she asked like what are we doing and I was like yeah like we're representatives of of Jesus Christ. <laughs> So like she asked, hey, what does your cane mean? And I was like, yeah, it's a representative of Jesus Christ. So I confused the heck out of that lady. Oh, that's freaking gold. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. I bet it was a good icebreaker in some ways. Like you like reach for the other hand, it maybe yeah. brings laughter. I don't know. Yeah. And honestly, it's super funny because I'm, I'm sure you know, like I don't see myself as any different. But like when right. people find out, like I'm legally blind, like I can't <laughs> see anything. Then they're like, oh, your life must be so hard. You know, like. Yeah. It's like, okay, not really, but if, if you're going to use this as a sob story for me to help you, like, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it only helps. No, I feel that, dude. Like, I, I guess maybe people just don't realize that, you know, we adapt over time. Yeah. And you just make it work. 
Yeah, I'm like, I'm happier than you, but... <laughs> <laughs> Take that. Okay, feel bad for me if you want. It's not going to do anything. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. So um, you come back home and you go to school. Where would you go to school? So I went to school at Portland Community College for a little bit. Oh, um, nice. I was just, just fully online because I worked during that time. I worked in a school with uh, kids with behavior issues. Yeah. Because, oh, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. That was intense because, um, like... Some kids would, like start throwing pencils and scissors and like you know, I had my head was on a swivel. It was intense. Um, but yeah, so I, I went to school that whole year. It was just in Oregon. Um, tried out the dating scene in Oregon. It was yeah. not loyal. Um, <laughs> good things. And then then the Rona hit, and I was like, oh shoot. Yeah. Uh, so I had to dip out of there. But <laughs> yeah, they got wrecked over there. Yeah, it was totally wrecked. It was it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. And so, I know you go to a BYU. I when did you go to BYU in Idaho? So I started going in September, um, of uh, of last year. It's actually a funny story. So my whole life, I'd wanted to go to the University of Oregon, which yeah. is like um, where my parents went. It's where the best football team, in my opinion. Yeah, they're sick. Um, they got know, sick uniforms. Pretty sweet. That's all we got going for us sometimes. <laughs> uh, but I would, I'd go and visit the campus all the time. Like I talked to them, like the display services, like really great college, uh, really yeah. accommodating. Um, I wanted to go there, but I remember starting my mission and I went to the Provo MTC. Uh-huh. So right by BYU Provo. And I remember like thinking about college while I was in the MTC and like getting an image of like, the big old like blue Y and I was like, heck no, dude. Like I'm not going to BYU. That's so stupid. <laughs> These weenies. And, yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to BYU. And like the worst of all BYU, Idaho, like heck no. And <laughs> I remember like, just like getting this voice and they're like, all right, man, well, we'll we can talk about this later. And I was like, yeah, we'll talk about this at the end of my mission. You know, it was like yeah. putting off the argument. I was at the end of my mission and we do this thing called my plan, which like helps you plan out your life. Like after your mission. Yeah. Um, and like I was talking about college and I wrote down like University of Oregon because that's where I wanted to go. And then um, like I got this thoughts again like, yo, BYU is pretty good. And I'm like, <laughs> no, that's stupid. And it's like, you got to go. And then so I, I was like, now I'll talk about this. And I thought it was going to be cheeky about it. I was like, talk about it the next time I visit my mission, which I wasn't planning on visiting for like 10 years. So, <laughs> Dude, that's a perfect plan. <laughs> I was like, Are you guarantee you're going to be a duck. Like, yes. So then – the year I got back, I was supposed to go with my mom to Costa Rica because mm-hmm. um, we've hosted like tons of exchange students from Costa Rica. Nice. And now, now I know Spanish. My mom's um, you know, Hispanic, so yeah. we're going to go down there, have a good time. But then the Rona hit, and the only place that was open was Florida. <laughs> so then I, I, like I come back to Florida. I'm like sitting there in Claremont. Uh, did you serve in Claremont? Dude, the last two days I was there, I got Yo. transferred to Claremont. It was beautiful. I loved it. Did you ever meet the strangers? No, no. Yo, the strangers are I heard so them, cool. They're yeah? so cool. So we stayed with like uh, the strangers and I was there and uh, I remember like chilling with my mom and, and sister strange who like I, I basically hooked them up to be best friends on the mission. <laughs> they like talked every single day, like even when I wasn't serving in that area and I still talk. Oh, and I was chilling with these ladies and I was like two middle-aged ladies and like me and my <laughs> like tw- I was 20. I think I was 21 at that point and I'm like, "Yo, like 
if I stay in Oregon, I think I'm just going to be chilling with like my mom and my family. And like, that's good and everything. Yeah. But then I started getting those feelings again. It was like, you know, it was almost like God's like, Hey, you said, like you said, man, you're back in your mission. You said you talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So like, I was like, Oh shoot. So then like I went and looked up, um, apparently I'd already applied to BYU was already accepted. Um, oh, sick. and they were like, I called them and I was like, I'll just call them and see if it works out. And they're like, yeah, you, you know, we'll, we'll defer you for the spring semester. You come in the fall. Blah blah, blah 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 blah, and I was like, "Frick!" So, <laughs> that, so, was, I had, so and then I was like, "I'll try and get a job." So, like, I called a couple places, heard back, got a job super quick, and I was like, "Gosh, dang it!" Now I have that figured out. Um, <laughs> Everything's just falling into place. Yeah, and I was it. like, "Dang it!" Like, it's like this was the plan all along. So then, like, ended up coming up here, and I mean, it's worked out pretty great so far. So, yeah, and you met your wife at BYUI, right? Yeah, I met my wife. Um, Let's go. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's not upset that I came here. <laughs> so, Dude, tell us uh, how y'all met, man. So obviously pandemic times was when we met, right? So we um, we had the Mute and um, the Mutual app, which is like yeah. the, the Letter to Saint version of like Tinder pretty much. Dude, my wife um, and I met there. Yeah, so you know how it is, bro. <laughs> yeah, a little swipey swipey. So, you're doing some like holy swiping. I remember like my <laughs> wife in her her bio said something about how she was like an intellectual, yeah, uh, but or, like party tricks were iconic or something. I remember the intellectual part. I was like, oh shoot, like she's gonna be one of those like super smart girls. Yeah, uh, I'm not the smartest. I was like, yeah, <laughs> and like I like I remember like I downswiped and then I like got this feeling of like now I need to go back. So like I re like I downswiped on all the people. Until it reset, <laughs> like went until I found her and like swiped up, and then I was like, okay, Dude. we're good. And then it, then it matched, and I was like, oh, um, <laughs> the persistence. We, like, yeah, the persistence. So we went like I remember our first date was nuts. Like uh, for me at least, because I like had to walk there, and obviously I couldn't drive. Yeah. So like the first like little bit was basically me like, yeah, sorry, I can't drive. We're gonna walk to this place. <laughs> and um, <laughs> did she know my, you were legally blind? I don't know. Did I tell you I was legally blind before we? Yeah, she says no, yes. She told yeah before the date. I told her, um, <laughs> and my you know my wife, um, you know she's super awesome. She's got some health stuff too. Nice. So we're like we're like walking. She's like shivering. I'm like trying to make this a great conversation. <laughs> I would, like we started talking about musicals, and that was it. From from then when we talked about musicals, and I think that's when the love started. Yo. Um, so. <laughs> okay. Wait, you guys are both fans of musicals? Big fans of musicals. I you know, like I love like Le Mis with yeah. Russell Crowe. Oh my gosh, like that one gets me big time. We watched the sound of music, I think, for our second date. Um it's oh, awesome. Yeah, she did theater in high school and everything. So then like our dating process was super quick. Like we got married in like three months total. Classic. So very Amazing. typical, very typical Rexburg <laughs> story, but well, that's that's amazing. Uh, what is your wife's name? Her name's Sandy. Sandy, I know you can maybe hear me. What's up? How you doing? She's asking how you're doing. <laughs> she says she's doing good. <laughs> that's amazing. So it's Sandy, right? I, my my mind just blanked again. Sandy. Yeah, Sandy. That's her name. Okay, so. Was Sandy pretty supportive? I mean, obviously she was, but how did that go? Like, what was her reaction yeah. to you being blind, legally blind? Like, I don't think, I, I don't think it really mattered to Sandy, yeah. like my my blindness or anything. Um, 
you know, maybe it's because I have enough, uh, enough of a personality to cover up for it, you know, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, she was always super supportive. I remember, like, she she didn't like driving before we were dating. She, like, was kind of warming up to it. But now, I mean, like, <laughs> she's a champ. Uh, when it comes to driving, she has to drive pretty much everywhere for us. But she's been nothing but supportive. Um, you know, she adds so much to my life. So I couldn't, I couldn't be happier with with having her in my life and having her support. And, you know, a lot that. of times, like, I'll be like, yo, I can't, like, I feel like I suck at something. And she'll like, yeah. like no, like, shut up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Give you you're the best. Talk. You got to gotta believe in yourself. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> That's awesome, dude. I feel like, because, I mean, I have a chronic illness and stuff. I couldn't eat food. Mm. Like, literally straight up, I was like, yeah, Aubrey, I can only eat rice and pears, but I'd love to take you out still. Yeah. Um, but, like, I feel like, when you do have some sort of crazy condition, it almost weeds out like the people that weren't going to work out. I don't know yeah. if you felt that way. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, uh, yeah. The, the girls that can't deal just won't, won't put up with it, you know? And yeah, like it's, it's really the gems that are going to tolerate someone who, who might, we might seem like we're disadvantaged, but the, right. I think like you said, we adapt. So like I had to develop a lot of interpersonal skills because of like my blindness and other other strengths, yeah. Um, you know, if someone was gonna look look at my one weakness versus my ten strengths that I've gotten out of it, then they were definitely weren't worth the time, you know. Totally. No, I agree completely. That's that's awesome, dude. I'm really happy for you. What advice do you have to someone who struggles with maybe chronic illness or a crazy condition? Um, honestly, I think the best thing I can give is like you have to recognize your worth as a person first if you're dealing with something like a chronic illness or or whatever it may be that yeah. you have value that your life matters um and that just because there's something that other people might say is wrong mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you don't have strengths and um Finding people that are going to help you become the best person, which I tell, I tell the same advice to anybody. Um, yeah. You know, my mom always said, it, she said it this way. She's like, everyone has sins. Some are more visible than others. So that can also translate to like, everyone has problems. Some are more visible than others. Right. So yeah. um, I think that understanding that if you're hurting or you have something wrong um, with your body, um, that other people have things that are wrong with them as well. Um, yeah. But not to let that hold you back and try and find the lessons you can learn from them because there's, there's so much power found in overcoming something that someone perceives as a weakness, you know? Yeah. I love that, dude. That's amazing. So to, I remember we were talking a little bit before because I started this podcast a little bit ago and mm -hmm. you're like, oh, man, that's kind of something I'm, I want to do, at least something similar. What are you in the works of doing? I know you kind of had some cool plans. Yeah, so um, right now, obviously, I'm pretty busy. Uh, we're <laughs> yeah. I work 40, 45 hours a week, and I'm taking you know classes right now. Um, so right now, I'm running a little fitness business. We sell like shirts and stuff like that, and fitness programs. So dope. Um, and then something else that you've seen, I dabbled in it a little bit. Um, I want there's something called passion piece is what yeah. I want to to start. And essentially the idea of passion piece is uh, that in in this world, I think a lot of times, especially with young men, um, 
we're not taught how to use our energy and how to use the potential that we have for something good. Yeah. Um, and, and if a young man doesn't have purpose and same thing for young women, like a lot of times, but especially with young men, if they don't have a purpose, um, it's hard for them to accomplish anything. Um, so passion peace would be all about how people have used their passions to find peace. Um, I love that. how they found, how they found their passions, uh, you know, how it has brought them peace, what that's like. Um, so I want to eventually like set up a podcast where I, I just get people on kind of like this yeah. just talk about, Hey, like, you know, what's your passion? How'd you find it? You know, what has it done for you? Um, and just give people an opportunity to share what they're passionate about, how it's helped them. And not like, not like someone like Elon Musk, but like just a regular person. <laughs> yeah. I love that. You know, and, Hey, if Elon ever jumped on, you know, when I have it running, like yeah. you know, more power to him, <laughs> you know, just give people opportunities to, to share their regular stories and how they found purpose in their lives. Cause I think purpose is what's missing in the world. Um, with a lot of people. Yeah. I love that, dude. I, uh, I'm excited for you. Where, I know you do, you have a couple accounts Are what are the mm. names of those accounts? How can people find you? Yeah. So the lifting one is barbell.basics. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, uh, we're kind of like restarting that account. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, and then the other one's passion.peace which is kind of on a hiatus right now, but that one's going to be hopefully when I get to the summer, I'll dedicate some more time once I finish classes. I, Cause I've got a lot of plans. Uh-huh. You know how it is. Like yeah. you have the plans, but it's like, you got to find the timing for it. Yeah. No, um, so once I, agree. once I get that rolling, I'm super excited. So awesome. um, yeah, so it's barbell.basics and then passion.peace on Instagram are my two accounts. Sweet. All right, guys, you heard it here. Um, thanks Quentin for joining me, dude. It's, it's so fun to catch up and your story is just awesome. I really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. You know, we got to stick together. (laughs) Dude. I, Oh, Oh, real quick, real quick. Uh, do you recommend blind camp? Cause I remember you went to blind camp. (laughs) Oh dude, blind camp was nuts, man. Like (laughs) first, like there's the crazy stuff that happened. Like I remember I had this dude at blind camp. His name was Daniel. Yeah. Um, and like, we had this, this lifeguard was there. There's like no girls at blind camp <laughs> and like this lifeguard, she was like mildly attractive. Um, and Daniel had this plan, dude, we were going to do like out of a movie. He was like in a fake, <laughs> fake drown yeah. and like try and have her save him. So like we get in the pool, bro. And like, he starts like going down, like he's drowning. And like, I tried to, I tried to like pretend like I was going to save him. But in the process, like I actually started drowning. <laughs> She, she like dives in like save freaking daniel and like pulls him up I'm, like i'm stuck there like i had to paddle my way out and i'm like dying <laughs> i look up and daniel just like gives a big old thumbs up <laughs> and he gets saved, but yes dude wine camp is is legit dude like it's it's awesome you have a good time uh but make sure you bring your cane that's all i can say <laughs> <laughs> yeah. dude that's an amazing story well good i'm glad we got that little plug in sick dude well thanks so much i hope you have an awesome day awesome man you have a good one thanks